This is Eric Corey, and I'm hoping a podcast called Civil War won't get tagged in cyberspace. It seems like it might be something that may trigger the storming of my home by some rando government agency. So before anyone goes running off to rat me out, please give me another 15 minutes to clarify. You might think this Civil War battle lines would be drawn across the political aisle of Republican versus Democrat, but that's not the way it's going to go at all. You see, I have too many friends and family members that are of the opposite political party as I am, and I can never go to war with them. And I know they feel the same way about me. You see, this constant Republican versus Democrat divide is just a fabricated way to make it easier to keep score. Regardless of the issue, any politician being quoted or interviewed by any of the media outlets will always show you a little R or a little D next to their name. And that's so you know what team they're on. And unless they have something highly partisan or divisive to talk about, well, you'll never hear from them. It's just too boring to hear someone, anyone, speaking words that may seek to bridge that divide. You see, that shit doesn't sell newspapers or inspire followers. So please, do not lose touch with the fact that all of the media outlets that we get our news and information from are entities looking to make money. And to make money, they need to provide something with controversy and intrigue. Real or imagined, it doesn't matter, as long as they keep the two sides fighting. And by giving them a red jersey or a blue jersey, well, it makes it easier for the rabid fans of all this foolishness to root for their team. But I know that's not how it is in the real world, because that's where I live, in the real world. And in my personal life and my business dealings, I come into contact with many, many people in several cities from coast to coast. And I never ask a client about their political affiliation, nor do I ask the political affiliation of any of the people in my network. You see, we're too busy working together to produce goods and provide services and to make money. We don't have time for such trivial matters. And we all do it every day, interact with people who, in some cases, may adamantly disagree with our politics, yet we have no problem golfing with them or hanging out with them at our kids' practice or going out to enjoy a meal with family and friends who don't necessarily agree with our politics. And you don't extend a common courtesy like holding the door open for a complete stranger or sharing a laugh with them about the weather contingent upon their R or their D status. We are nowhere near the divided nation we seem to be or that the news outlets would like us to be. This political divide that is so omnipresent and ever intensifying is just the fabrication of a news media that needs to sell time. And it's most notoriously used to draw lines on battlefields filled with money. Now, I'll get back to the Civil War thing here in a minute. I just want to take a pause here to help everyone understand something, the most important something. And that is that you cannot possibly imagine how much money is really in play here. Every election is about controlling an inconceivable amount of money, nothing more and nothing less. And all these ancillary issues that we are arguing about are only used as pawns in a cutthroat game to win elections to maintain or regain control of this enormous amount of money. Money that the victors then get to dole out to those who will return the favor in the form of election funding. And it is naive in the extreme to believe otherwise. You see, you cannot imagine four trillion of anything. And yet every 12 months, four trillion U.S. taxpayer dollars goes to someone. And that someone wants their piece of the pie. And only by being a compliant and willing accomplice to the fleecing of the American worker do you get your peace. So if you're looking for a motive to keep us divided, that would be it. Money. Money that gets redistributed every single day of the year at the rate of $12 billion a day 
Now, there is no dirty trick or bending of the truth or bold-faced lying that is too embarrassing or too implausible to be used to win these elections and control that indescribable amount of money. And you have no idea how many people are getting that $12 billion a day. You see, nearly half of the American population is receiving some form of public assistance money from the government. And countless public as well as private corporations who generate billions in profits by being properly politically aligned so they can be awarded bloated contracts that gets recycled back to the politician just as it's been done since the dawn of governments. So don't get all political on me and try to argue the specifics of whatever issue it is that you hold dear. And stop fooling yourself and acting like it's about you. It never has been about you. It never will be about you. It will always be about the money. And by falling into that emotional trap that they have set for you, knowing that your vote is guaranteed as long as they do that one thing, like saving the whales or changing the climate, and only because of that one thing, well, you'll continue to vote for them regardless of how disastrous everything else they do turns out. Now, I'm not going to go down that road again of government failure after failure. It's just too long and it's just too sad. I'll only make one point. That Congress, also known as the U.S. government, has for decades maintained an approval rating in the single digits. Yes, the people who run your government have, for as long as polling has existed, received approval ratings of around 10%. Now, you can't get 90% of the people in this country to agree that poking around with a stick is a bad idea. And yet, there you have it. 90% of the people in this country agree overwhelmingly on one thing, that government sucks. So if you're looking for the battle lines of this coming civil war, well, that would be it. The government versus the people, not Republicans versus Democrats like they want you to fight about. It's the government and those in league with government who are getting paid against the people who are paying those taxes. They are your combatants. Now, technically, that may be considered a revolt, the people against the government. But what makes it a civil war is that there are so many people that are part of the government apparatus that have been bought off to keep in line. People like people in the unions who receive contracts packed with profits, a portion of which will be sent back to the politician. Or the millions of Americans who have become so reliant on their government handout that they have no choice but to toe the party line. And of course, a news media who needs to maintain alliances with government insiders who guarantee them the access to the stories they need to keep their audience in this political frenzy. So for all of you who will continue in denial and hold that your politician is one of the good guys and insist that it's the other congressman that's a crook, well, you're on the government side, not the side of the people. And that's okay, because the government side will need a lot more people like you to win this civil war. And that's because the people side of this thing have the majority, and not just a small majority, an overwhelming majority so large that if only half of them could come together, the government side wouldn't stand a chance. So, yes, I am advocating for a civil war declared by the people against its government and those who support it. But I'm not advocating violence. That's completely unnecessary and quite messy. And after all, these are modern times and we are an enlightened people and killing each other over such a bountiful pie would be nonsensical given the intellectual advancements we have made. And the people stockpiling guns and ammunition to use to fight off a domestic army haven't quite thought that reality through. Now, the fact the average American owns a gun is what keeps this country secure from foreign invaders. But a gun would not help you if a government were to set siege on a people in revolt. And they wouldn't need a gun to do it. All they need is a compliant base that votes Democrats for Democrats and Republicans for Republicans, maintaining this status quo of partners in crime. 
And while that has worked well for them for far too long, the level of their, their blatant dishonesty and obvious uselessness has reached critical mass, and the masses are finally catching on to their game. It has long been my goal to create a collective of people from every political persuasion to agree on something in mass. And that's something that we all can agree on based on years of consistent data is that we all think the government in its current form is a disastrous collection of inept fools. Now, I know you're out there, and I know there are so many more of you than any of us can possibly imagine. So let's just stop there and forget all of the other things we disagree on, things that are mostly an outgrowth of a dysfunctional government. See, our numbers are crushingly large. We are the working people of this country, and we are the only reason the U.S. dollar is worth a cent all over the world. It is you, the working person, who pays these taxes that creates this bounty. It's not the Republicans or the Democrats. It's the heart and soul of this country, the working class. We rule in numbers, and the amount of money we earn and give back to the government in the form of taxes is probably greater than any 100 countries combined can muster. And that's why the U.S. dollar is the world standard currency and not the yuan. It's the working American, not the American government. We can rule the world, not only our country, if we just stop being emotionally pulled in opposite directions from each other and for relatively trivial matters. Compared to the potential this megaforce of hardworking Americans are capable of, are you kidding me? The gross mismanagement of the prosperity that we create should be a simple fix, and it is, all without shedding a single drop of blood or a single drop of sweat. Nothing is more important, not your whales or your climate. Because with the proper management of this limitless opportunity for prosperity, will there be enough money to go around for all those causes and so much more? For as long as I have lived, there is nothing the government has done well. And trusting these same people to correct it all is stupidity. Now, now I, I wish I could be more eloquent there. Stupidity, it just sounds stupid. But man, it's so over-the-top stupid, I can't even find another word that says it so well. If we don't engage in this civil war to conquer a government and the people it owns... We will have dropped the ball on the greatest advancements in humanity. If we allow this republic to fall, it will only be because of our inability to focus on the obvious. Now, since this podcast is called Civil War, I would be derelict in my duties as a leader of this action if I didn't have a battle plan. And rest assured, I do have a battle plan. Now, to understand this battle plan, you must first understand the enemy, which calls for a brief civics lessons. Now, I know most of you know this stuff, but for the younger listener who has not taught this in public school, please allow me this moment for clarity. Now, this United States government is comprised of three co-equal branches of government. Now, I can't stress that co-equal part enough. First, there's the executive branch, the president. He's basically the top law enforcement official. The president doesn't make any laws. He's only charged with enforcing the laws, which he swore to do when he took the office. Then there's the judicial branch, which interprets the laws as it pertains to our governing document known as the Constitution, something that every judge in the system has also sworn an oath to uphold when they took office. The third branch of government is the Congress, made up of two houses, the Senate and the House of Representatives. This is the branch that writes the laws for the president to sign and the judicial branch to confirm are in compliance with our governing document. This is also the branch with the checkbook. They are the tax collectors and the tax spenders, not the president, not the Supreme Court. Only Congress can lay taxes and spend the money. And this is where we strike, the U.S. House of Representatives. Now, when our founding documents were written and the government, as described above, was formed, it was done so with a fail-safe mechanism built in to correct things when they would inevitably grow out of control the people that it was formed to serve. 
These guys were first and foremost historians, and they knew that governments always eventually grow out of the control of the people. And this genius that has given us prosperity beyond anything that has ever occurred on this planet incorporated into these documents a backdoor access, a kill switch that would reset the entire government. Now, during this constitutional convention where our founding documents were created and assembled this three-part co-equal form of government, well, there was much debate about this House of Representatives, also known as the House of the People. Now, the main debate was about how often they would be elected and how long their terms would be. Now, I will never approach the eloquence or the sophistication of the language used by our founders in explaining their approach and thinking on this matter. And if I were to quote guys like Alexander Hamilton or James Madison, who both spoke at length on this very topic word for word, well, much would be lost in translation. So I'm going to paraphrase his words or their words in modern speak to make this point. Hamilton called it an improper spirit and the diseases of faction. Now, what he meant was that crooks and criminals would eventually take over the government when huge amounts of money and power would be involved, as has happened in countless attempts at government throughout history. So what they did was create a mechanism where, on a single day, every member of this one body of a government can be kicked out of office. Or as Hamilton put it, the condition of a total disillusion of the body at the same time might be less formidable to liberty than one-third of that duration subject to gradual and successive alterations. In other words, the reason every member of the U.S. House of Representatives all come up for re-election on the same day every two years is so that the people would have a way to correct a government out of control with one swing on a single day. And the cabal formed in opposition to its people that the founders had foreseen has now come to pass. A government with a compliant portion of its people have seized control of our country, and they're moving away from its founding principles, and they're setting a stage for a reconfiguration of our country and the world. There is no higher calling for every working American who pays taxes than this. And the time has come to drop your marginal grievances and join a much larger and more relevant battle to correct it all. Now, if you've heard any of my previous podcasts, you know how hard I'm pimping this war. But pardon my passion. It's just I know this is the fix. And not because it's my fix, because it's not. It's the fix that has been part of our founding documents since the day they were signed. And all we need to do is to unify and cast a single vote. Okay, so now for all you narcs out there looking up Homeland Security right now, get ready to dial that number because here's the battle plan. Do not vote for any incumbent member of the U.S. House of Representatives. That's it. That's the battle plan for this civil war. That's all you need to do. I could care less how you vote up and down your ballot. That's up to you and really rather predictable. You see, it's just one vote for a person who probably has been there far too long anyway, who is covered with the stench of failure. You don't need to worry about them. They will land a cushy job with one of the many businesses that they have allowed to rape our prosperity for decades. I dream of that day, that first Wednesday in November on an even number year, when we all wake up to the chaos of a government in panic, finding that 90% of their incumbent membership has been detenured, that a new group of beginners has now taken control of one-third of the government, and all that money, oh, the horror for all those people who have placed their trust in government, doing for them, now having to answer to an authority not under their control or on their payroll. This is the battle plan. Blow it up and have faith in your fellow Americans. Because once we have realized this new collective authority, separate and apart from the ties that have been sucking our country dry, all of this will be corrected. And I'm sure Hamilton or Madison would have found a much more refined way of saying it, but that's what they would have meant. 
And if in two years this new House of Representatives doesn't get the job done or gets absorbed into the beltway pit, well, we'll reset them again until someone gets it right. So this is it. This is the official declaration of the 21st century American Civil War. And if you want to sign up, all you have to do is find that one spot on your ballot for your member of the House of Representatives and vote for anyone else but him or her. Now, if you do this, you will not only be a card-carrying combatant in this civil war, but you will make history, the kind of history that's made a national holiday. This is the time. The sacrifice is nothing compared to the benefits of the outcome, a better bang for the buck you will never find. It's only one vote. It's only one day. Can you imagine such a day? I can, and it will be glorious. This is Eric Corey.